0: Okay, we are doing now the Tanya portion for Friday and Shabbos, and then Saturday night, like last week, we're going to do the portion for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Yesterday we said that everyone who learns Tyra receives reward from God, receives the light of God. But if someone's learning himself, the light he's receiving is limited and finite to be able to be absorbed in the relatively speaking, limited and finite soul. But if one learns with a group of people, if it's a communal Torah study, and similarly, if it's a communal performance of a commandment, then there's a vastly greater godly energy coming down, an indwelling of the divine presence. The divine presence itself comes down to rest on the souls of those that are involved in communal study. This is a limitless, intense radiation of God, which is encompassing the soul because it has to be encompassing. It has to be a transcendent light because the levels of the soul, the faculties of the soul have limitations. And this is a level that's infinite. Now, we know our sages have taught that the divine presence hovers over every gathering of ten Jews. But there's a difference here. The divine presence that's hovering over any gathering of ten Jews is in an encompassing manner. Here, though, it's literally coming down to be engarving our souls, And this is what we ask, that God be upon us. Because such godly energy is not within dimensions of the soul, it's upon the dimensions of the soul, since, again, the soul has finite soul, finite intellect, and this energy of the divine presence is limitless. And because we're finite and it's limitless, that's why we can't apprehend it intellectually. What's resting on us with our joint study of Torah, our joint fulfillment of the commandment, that infinite illumination cannot be apprehended by our finite understanding. And that's why our sages say that in this world, there's no reward for the performance of the commandment. Meaning, since this world is finite, it can't be a receptor for the infinite revelation of the divine radiance. It's impossible to attain this, except when the soul is divested, is unencumbered by the body. And even then, when the soul, divested from the body, is receiving this light. It's only a kindness of God. When God grants every man this infinite degree of illumination according to his work in Torah and commandments and that we can actually apprehend it in the world to come, it's a kindness on God's part. It's a gift. And angels can never get this. As the Rebbe says here, quoting from his teachers, the Baal Shemto and the Magid that if one angel were to stand in the presence of a gathering of ten Jews, even if those ten Jews aren't learning, they're just ten Jews hanging out together. The divine presence rests upon every gathering of ten Jews. There will be such an infinite terror and dread of the angel because of the divine presence that the angel senses, the angel becomes completely nullified. Meaning, the sanctity of ten Jews congregating together, even if they're not engaging in Torah study, is so intense. The angel would not exist. So how do we handle it? We handle it because we don't see it. So what does it benefit me if I don't see it at all, if it's totally concealed from me? Because it gives me assistance. It's concealed, but it's helping and strengthening my spiritual service. Now, all of this was to inspire the Hasidim to have communal study to sessions, specifically in in Yaakov, which is a collection of midrashim that the Alter Rebbe says most of the secrets of Torah are concealed in them, and in Shulchan Aruch, in the Alter Rebbe's code of law, of Jewish law. And the Alter Rebbe wanted that between the afternoon and evening prayer session, the men shouldn't just idly chatter. They should learn, and learn together. Because look at the advantage, look at the spiritual advantage of learning together. That was Friday's portion of Tanya. Jobus goes on to continue this theme by saying, therefore, it's very evil what people do, the conduct that takes place under the sun, because if you're involved in business and labor, these are temporal occupations that are under the sun. Prayer is above the sun. So people coming to pray, and either before prayer or after prayer, they're just talking, light-minded talk instead of Torah study.
1: What's going on? This is a
0: time of prayer. This is when you're supposed to be coming close to God. And before prayer, after it, you just talk frivolously? You're like scoffers. Our sages say if two people sit together and no one's a first saint. this is a company of scoffers. Now, could you imagine if you have a company of scoffers of ten people where the divine presence is there? What a great insult to the divine presence. There's no greater insult to the divine presence. If our sages say about someone who can commit the transgression in secret, that he pushes away the feet of the divine presence, could you imagine someone who's committing a transgression in public? He's pushing away the whole stature of the Creator. To the degree that our sages say, God says it's impossible for me and him to live together in this world. Now, you're not removing the divine presence. You're shaming it. It's there, and it's insane. Like we say, king. This is from Song of Songs. The king is held captive in the gutters, meaning in the gutters of the mind. That is how the Zohar explains this verse. That the king, God, is shackled in the channels of people's unworthy thoughts, like gushing currents. They flash fleetingly through the mind. What a humiliation to the divine presence. And woe to the people who push away the divine presence, who embarrass her in this way. As it says on three And account for three things that the Jewish people detained in exile. Because they push away the divine presence. Because they shame the divine presence. As it explains in the Zohar. Good Shabbat.